So with that said, uh, you may be looking at disaster. You may literally be feeling like you are facing disaster when all it is is a $70 problem. But without help and without the right help, you may just allow it to be a disaster. Do you know that you can? We could have gotten backhoes and hired people, and they would have done it and would have done a good job and might have even fixed it. But thousands of dollars later, I just want to encourage you with what you're facing. You're here on purpose, and what we're trying to do through these hurdles and through really where our vision is right now is connection, helping you to get connected to the Lord, to the Word, to the Spirit, but to the body. Um, literally, it was through someone that we are connected to in this body that helped us figure out what it is that we were doing. And again, his name's Carl, one of our deacons here. He's just a friend of mine. Um, but you can't do it alone. You can't get to the right answer alone. The Word of God tells us that it takes multitude of counselors. So I want to encourage you as you've come in here today to consider connecting. We've been talking about hurdles and we're going to wrap this up this week. Today's the last week of, of, uh, of hurdles. And I thought my computer was connected, but don't I just always have challenges? Let's see if that works now. Okay, I give up. Liz, it's you. Uh, the third one, hurdles. First week we talked about Exposure. Why don't we connect? Why do we uh, hold things in? Why do we stop making, um, really giving it any type of effort whatsoever? Is we're afraid of people finding out our stuff. We're afraid you're going to figure out really who I am and that you're not going to like me, that I'm going to be rejected or that I'm not going to fit in. Um, I will tell you that's a stigma that the church has put out there, and it's not necessarily wrong. The church has done that. But church on the hill, that's wrong. We are not to be judging people. We are to be loving people. And I believe we are a loving group of believers that really do um, can't not overlook, but you know what? You've been through hell. I've been through hell. I think we got something in common. And I think that we can help each other. But we're afraid of our stuff getting, getting light put on it. And we talked about uh, a per, uh, aperture. <laughs> Aperture and how we close down the light that's allowed to get in. But also we close down that, that, uh, that hole to where nothing can get out. So everything builds up and we can never get free. Light brings freedom. When we allow ourselves to get to the light, you know what happens is that thing that it was casting such a negative shadow diminishes to nothing. Think about how large a shadow is, but when we get down to what it really is, it's tiny. That's what happens when God's light gets shined on your stuff. And that happens, one of the ways it happens is in the body. Second thing was effort. Is it worth the effort? You know, the resources and the effort that it's going to take to, to connect again. Because it takes a lot. Uh, we talked about how awkward it is sometimes when we first meet. Well, I had two awkward moments this morning. I met Adam this morning, and I met Michael this morning. And Michael, I said, what's your name? And I thought he said aqua. <laughs> like, aqua? No, Michael. But I told him when I sat back down, I said, I'm just going to have to remember you as aqua because I can just remember that. <laughs> no, it's Michael. 
but I also met Adam and just started giving him the third degree. Who are you? Why are you here? How'd you wind up here? And all of a sudden I look on his face and I'm like, oh man, I've made this awkward. I don't mean for it to be awkward. We're going to have snacks later and I want to get to know you. It's worth the awkwardness to get through that barrier because there are barriers between you and God. There are barriers between you and church. There are barriers that are trying to keep you where you are. And you've got to be the one to push through it. God has done everything. He's just waiting for us to start stepping. He's waiting for us to start moving. Movement is faith. When we move according to God's direction and His way, when we move, that's faith. We're going to talk about faith a little bit this morning. Last week, Pastor Justin talked a little bit about falling down. And we're afraid of connecting because we're afraid of falling down. How many of you, if you had to jump over these, would you be thinking, I'm going to fall? They've got little buttons that they could be lowered, but I don't think they can go low enough for me. I don't even know if I could jump far enough to clear this part that's holding it up. Not to mention, just get over this piece. And if you looked at the back of them, they're duct tape. They have been beat to death. That somebody has some pain from this. Justin said, don't touch them much because they'll fall apart. Can I tell you the hurdles that you're facing are ready to fall apart? Did you hear me? They're so minute when you face them with the Lord. But without the Lord, they're unsurmountable. You can't get over them. So falling down, we're afraid of falling down. It's going to hurt. It's going to leave a mark. Well, today, as we close, we're going to talk about getting up. Why is getting up a hurdle? I think of it, when I first put it up there, you're thinking positively, but can we just have a moment of thinking negatively? It's okay. There are reasons for thinking negatively. It's not where I want to live, but sometimes it'll help steer me away from the things I need to stay away from. So why would getting up be negative? Because I could fall again? Because these people that hurt me will hurt me again? Is it worth it? Is it worth the energy? Is it worth the resources? Am I going to get hurt again? And what happens? We find comfort laying in the mud. It's kind of safe. I don't have to worry. I can kind of just stay there, being stuck in a pit, being stuck in the mud, being stuck. We're afraid of getting hurt again. Can you go to the next screen? Getting hurt again. Next one. Or we're afraid of falling again. If I get up and I try this again, I'm just going to fall again. But let's rephrase that. We're afraid of failing We're afraid of failing, and it's fear. Ultimately, what our issue is, 
when we, when we start thinking about getting back in the game, connecting to God's body, connecting back to God, connecting back to our marriage, connecting back to relationship, we're afraid what's happened in the past is going to happen again. It's what Brandon said, that our past is affecting our future. We're afraid. We have fear. I want to give you a quote that I read from a book in the last two or three years. This is the next screen of what fear is. Fear is paying rent on a home you'll never live in. What does that mean? I want you to think about the things that you have feared, and I would guess that most of those, 90% of them, never even happened. Like the basement. That didn't even exist. We did need to do something, but it wasn't what we thought. Fear is paying rent on a home you'll never live in. I want you to think about the things that you've been afraid of, even from being just a child up until your adulthood. There are things that I have feared that never, I I didn't even remember not fearing them anymore because they were gone. It wasn't even a part of my life anymore. And I didn't get to have a moment of celebration of saying, I'm not afraid of that anymore. It just got replaced by something else I was afraid of. Fear is a lack of trust. And I'm afraid that if I fall down, and if I get up again, I'll fall down again. But I want you to know I'll never get over it if I don't try again. Maybe I'll make it. Maybe I won't. But I want you to hear something for just a second. It is through a ton of failures that successes come. Successes just don't happen. Successes happen because of failures. Without failures, there are no successes. It takes us to fight through and learn and fall down and get up. You did not come out of the womb able to run. There is nothing that you're walking through that isn't going to take some challenges to get to the other side. And the only way to get there is by getting bumped and bruised and falling down and learning and getting back up and trying it again. Now, I can tell you at my age, right now, if I tried to jump over this, I don't think that I could. But I believe if I trained and somebody taught me how to do it the right way and put it on the very lowest setting, I think I could. Because my history has shown that if I'm showed the right way and if I work hard at it, I can do it. Until I'm facing something, now, if y'all didn't know, I run a lot, so I, this, I, I think I could do it. Now, you put something else in front of me that I'm scared half to death of, no way. Don't put me anywhere near that. I'm not doing it. And I find myself stuck. Next point. I'm afraid of failing. It's safer just not to move. If I just stayed in my bed, if I just didn't interact with anyone, if I just didn't go to church, or if I just sat in a pew and didn't talk to anybody, uh, I'm not after y'all balcony, but if I just went up to the balcony and nobody ever talked to me, then I could squeeze out. I know, I know what happens. I've been there. I do it. Justin was telling me how much he thinks that I'm more of the people person than he is. He's nuts. I don't think I'm an extrovert, but I also don't think I'm an introvert. I'm a, I don't know what I am, Bert. 
Half my life I want to be alone, the other half I don't want to be alone. But usually when I'm not alone, I want to be alone. And when I am alone, I don't want to be alone. Special. Is that you? I don't mean exactly, but are you the special person? Everybody say, yes, I'm the special person. There are all these things that are trying to keep me from breaking through. Some of them are natural. Some of them are demonic. But it wants to hold me still. And I want you to know what God says about that. Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. Church, I want you to hear me. Because you are lukewarm or spiritually useless and neither hot or cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth, rejecting you with disgust. This is from the Amplified Version. God does not like lukewarm. You know how I read this, and I, you're going to have to take this for what it's worth. Take it up against the Holy Spirit. Bounce it against other believers. I believe that even, how can you say, how, why would God want me to be cold? Because in my mistakes do I find successes. Through some of my sins, this isn't saying God wants us to sin, but through some of my sins, it led me to Christ. Do something. Do something. Do not stand still. Do not waller in your own self-pity. Get up and move. Even if you're moving the wrong direction, sometimes if I'm going the wrong direction, I'll hit a wall and realize I'm going the wrong way. What does that do for me? Tells me to turn around and go a different way. What's just happened in my mistake? The possibility of success. But if I stand still, I have no future. I'm preaching now. I will vomit you out of... Now, you can't see it with this font I have up there, but the my is a capital M. God will vomit you out of his mouth. Which part are you in that? Your vomit. You're the vomit. Those that are lukewarm, rejecting you with disgust. That may shake your whole foundation. It's meant to. God loves you passionately with everything within him. He did not create you to sit still. He created you to do great things. And he created you as you're doing those great things and trying as you fall down, he's made a way for you back. But there's no way back if you're standing still. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to the pros. Enough of that. (laughs) What happens when we move? Now, let's just talk about movement. If you've been sitting still or have been in a bed for days, what happens? Your muscles stop growing. Your muscles stop working. Is atrophy a good word? They start to die, and they will literally, your muscles will die if you don't use them. But the moment you start moving, they start growing again, and they get blood flow, and you start to grow and get stronger. Movement starts you working again toward growth and strength. And I want to repeat it. Success is a reward of many failures. Just go back to the light bulb. Go to all these great inventions that we have in our world and go look at how many failures it took to get to that success. There's not one great invention out there that didn't come through a lot of thought and mistakes. 
But think about what they would have gotten if they'd have stopped at the one right before the breakthrough. You are right at the edge of breakthrough. I believe that with all my heart. No failures equals no successes. It's part of life. So what happens when we start moving, and I'm going to compute again movement to faith, is it pleases God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It's impossible, impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. There are, again, we see that God can only be pleased by what? Faith. Thank you. And it says here that we will find that we must believe that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Seeking him is movement. Seeking him according to his word. And that he's a rewarder to those who seek him. What does that mean? Those who seek him and have faith in him. And it says that to believe in him. That's part of faith. If you believe and you move according to that, God's going to reward you. Why? Because he's pleased. He's pleased by faith. It also says later in Scripture that we can't please God without faith. It takes faith to please God. So how do we, uh, how do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Anybody here have a desire to please God? You can't do it without the Word. I'm going to go back to that. That is really, really the thing I stand on the most is you being in the Word. If you are in the Word, fear can't live there. Fear can't live where the Word of God is. You will drive the fear out of your life by having the Word of God in your life because the Word of God will compute later to faith and faith will drive out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. So, what happens? That God is pleased by faith and as fear, as faith increases, fear decreases. Don't anybody raise their hand, but how many of you are battling fear? I would argue to say, all of you. There is a way to overcome fear, and it's faith. It's faith. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You may say, I'm farthest from that. Okay, good. You know what, what's happening is... If you feel farthest from a sound mind, then you're coming to a crossroads of saying, okay, I can turn. But my problem is, is I want to just stay here. And God just rescue me and fix everything as I just stand here. And God says, no, you're, you're lukewarm. I vomit you out. Move. Just start moving. Look at the next step, the pros to getting reconnected, to getting back in the game is God guides your steps. Psalm 37, 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Who takes the steps? The godly. Who is that? It's supposed to be me. God doesn't take the steps. 
God does not take your steps. You're waiting for God to make that next move. No, he's waiting for you to make the next move. So that if you will get in the word and get your faith engaged and move by faith, he'll direct that step. All of a sudden, your steps will start going in the right direction. I don't know why I wound up here, um, but I'm pretty happy with this spot because I, I think this is the successful direction. I don't know why I decided to go this way, but I'm in the Word and I'm praying and I'm bouncing it off other people and I'm getting good counsel and I'm listening and I'm moldable and I'm humble and I realize I can't do this without God. Whoa! How'd I wind up here? Let's stop and be thankful for a minute. Thank you, God, that, that we called Knoxville and that guy showed up and said, I know how to fix it and it's not going to cost you anything. Well, how do we wind up here? We're two dopes that don't know how to handle a water problem. We're not dopes. We're smart people. But when it, I mean, I've changed the wax seal. I'm a smart person with a toilet. I've replaced every piece of the toilet. I've even taken the toilet out and put it in the backyard for a little bit as I cleaned it up. That would have looked great if you drove by. Don't let your kids out because they'll sit on it and go on it. Any of your kids ever been to Lowe's and that went and used the toilet there? I think it happens every day. Why did we get that return? I believe it's because we prayed. I believe it's because we included our Sunday school class. I believe it's because we sought after God and we were determined, we, she was determined to get it fixed. I could kind of live with it. I don't stay in the basement that much and uh, put some dirt, rub some dirt on it and be all right. But she's like, no, we don't have to live like this. Where are you in your life? You don't have to live like that. But it's going to take a lot of determination, a lot of prayer, a lot of fighting, and a lot of help. Then what happens? Look what happens. Next, uh, next point. Uh, that's okay. Those are my next two. It, when you start moving, church, listen to me. This is key, and we're going to finish this today. It ignites your potential. Your potential goes from zero because you're standing still and you're not going anywhere. There is zero potential with you standing still. Zero. But the moment you start moving, your potential becomes infinite. There's no way to measure it because it's immeasurable. Where you can go when you start moving. I, I feel like either you're really pondering it or it's just like, man, hurry up. You're yelling at me and just keep on going. Just finish up. Zaxby's is waiting for me. It ignites your potential. Something that you're going to find out as you start to connect is the people on the other side of the table with you having coffee is going to see potential in you. And you may say, how can my potential be infinite? Because what happens when you start moving according to God's word in faith, the supernatural kicks in. In you. It's not just that God shows up and does something great. No, he starts doing something in you. 
your potential becomes infinite. But your potential standing still, still, still is zero. I can't help you if you're not willing to be helped. One of the hardest things to do is to help somebody out of their hell when they don't want to go. But the moment they want to go, it's not a hard deal. As Elizabeth has quoted over and over and over, when you find yourself in hell, keep walking. Don't stay. Keep walking. Either hot or cold, one way or the other, you're going to figure out either I'm going the right way or I'm going the wrong way. How? Because you'll notice there will be signs. Maybe it's somebody saying, uh, you're going the wrong way. That's why the body is here. That's why we're doing these small groups. That's why we have Sunday school. That's why we go and have dinner with each other. I've tried for almost six months now to have Jen and Cody over for Sunday lunch, and we never can. We will. We talked about it again last night. We will. Yeah, we will. I don't know what's going to happen. Probably nothing. We're probably just going to eat and just hang out. But we are, I'm after connection. I'm after connection. God's after connection with him, with his spirit, with his body. So, last screen. Make a move. Would you consider just making the least amount of effort? Just make a little. Do you know what with God all it takes is just a mustard seed size for God to show up in all his glory? All it takes is just the littlest Why? Because usually that's all we're capable of. Here, God. (laughs) And somehow, supernaturally, whoa, how'd that happen? I don't know. How did it happen? I don't know. That's cool, though. Or I jump and I barely clip it and I bust my face and think, whoa, I just about made it. It's not how bad I missed it. No, I just about made it. That almost worked. Let's try it again. Look at me. Look at my form. What did I do wrong? Oh. Oh, and then I get it. You can do it, but you've got to move. Just make the slightest move. Connect in one way. You know how to, you know, when you're facing something that's just unsurmountable, you've heard the expression, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Forget the size of the elephant. Take one bite. Take one bite. We all stand up with me. Let's pray together. I know you're facing hurdles, I know you're facing challenges. But I want you to know that the more as I bring the right people into my challenges and allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit and the body to speak over them, they are doable. Nothing is too big. We sang this morning. Um, what, what did it say? Who can, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? No one. 
He is in me. He is in you. He is in this church. And he has created his kingdom in a way that we will overcome. But the way we overcome is by connecting and by moving. Moving by faith and doing it together. We are a family. We are a family. Let's connect and let's grow and let's move. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray that your word would just be real in our life. That, Lord, as I have spoke today, Lord, that it would be your word that's heard. That it would be your encouragement. That the Spirit of God would be alive and move in our hearts and direct us and lead us. But, Lord, that we would move according to your word. That we would make a commitment to be in your word, to make a commitment to be full of your spirit, to make a commitment to connect to your body. And Lord, we ask for the miracles. I ask for more than, your word says you can give me more than I can even ask. So I ask for more. More in my life, more over my kids, more for my marriage, more for this church, Lord, for for your spirit, for healings. I thank you that uh, two or three weeks in a row we've had a salvation. That God, you're moving. You're moving, and you're just waiting for us to move. I thank you, God, that you're a God who moves, and you're a God who answers. Let us risk everything to see you move in our life. Let us risk everything. God, you've given it all to us. Let us start moving according to your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen.